welcome back to Standout Medical Careers, the series of conversations with doctors and healthcare industry experts about medical career motivations, choices, challenges, and fulfillment. I'm Anita Fletcher. In today's episode, we meet Jennifer Sutton. Jennifer is the creator of studymedicine.com.au, a university selection tool. Jennifer commenced her career as an analytical chemist and progressed into business management, working in large scientific research organisations, including the CSIRO. She has held several board positions and is a fellow of the Australian Institute of Company Directors. Jennifer is currently working at the University of Melbourne in a business management role. In her spare time, she's excited to find ways to distill complex information and articulate this in an easy to understand and informative manner. The challenges involved in understanding the web and the complexity of available medicine degrees, even given Jennifer's background in the university sector, put Jennifer on a trajectory that has led to the development of a unique methodology in the visual representation of degrees and ultimately led to the establishment and expansion of the Study Medicine website. In this interview, Jennifer shares with us how students and parents can use the Study Medicine website and valuable insights on the challenging and changing landscape of medical education in Australia. So if you or someone you know is contemplating a medical degree, listen to this episode. Before we hear about Jennifer's work, I'd like to remind you that if you want notifications of when I release a new episode, sign up for my monthly newsletter. Go to the Standout Medical Careers website, standoutmedicalcareers.com.au. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you um, for joining me today for this episode of Standout Medical Careers. Thanks, Anita. I'm delighted to be here. When we met several years ago through the AMA, you had just built the Study Medicine website as a tool for predominantly undergraduate candidates and their supporters to identify the best medical course for them. It's a great story that I'm sure listeners will also want to know more about. And I'm really excited to be hearing today about where you've taken Study Medicine since its inception. So let's start by sharing with our audience some of your story. What led you to start studymedicine.com.au? Uh, the easy answer is frustration. I was just unbelievably frustrated. Uh, my daughter at the time uh, wanted to do either medicine or nursing. She wasn't sure what. And um, I've come through, I've got, you know, degrees, university degrees. I currently work in a university and I found the information just that was available about the possible degrees just unbelievably difficult to navigate. And I always take the view that you have to be an active consumer. Uh, so thinking about, you know, what you're going to do at university, there's a lot of 
cost, a lot of time. And so what's the best university degree to do? So I went into this with my daughter to sort of look at, well, what university degrees were available and how would you get in and all those sorts of normal parent things and just found the whole information just unnavigable, just unbelievably complex and I just couldn't understand what was going on. So I basically sat down and thought about how I would describe it in an easy way and that was that was the genesis of study medicine. Fantastic. And uh, what are some of the features of the website and how do people use it? So the, the main thing that I did with study medicine was to firstly identify all the degrees in Australia that lead to medicine, and there's about 56, so, you know, there's a lot. Uh, but the other sort of trailblazing thing about study medicine is each of those pathways to those degrees is described in a visual way. So it's a pathway that basically shows the two key things that you need to understand. So what is it that I need to get into that degree? So what ATAR, what prerequisite subjects? And then the second aspect is how do they actually uh, choose a candidate to be uh, made an offer into that degree? So you've got a visual identification of the pathway. So what degrees are available? How does that pathway work? And what are the key aspects to be accepted into that degree, both in terms of um, academic requirements and subject requirements, and then how do they actually make that uh, that choice? So, and that's described, you know, you know, in a visual, in a visual pathway that's really easy for a student to go, ah, okay, I understand how you get into medicine at Monash. I understand how you get into medicine at Curtin. I understand how you get into medicine anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And it serves people across Australia. Yeah, so the, the benefit of um, this visual descriptor is once you have one of those pathways for a degree at you know, Monash or whatever, then you have all of these different pathways. It's a bit like flip cards. You can go through all of the degrees, the 56 degrees, across Australia, and that's all the degrees at all the universities that offer medicine in Australia, um, at both at an undergraduate level and a graduate level. And you can sort of flip through these cards to get a bit of a sense of, well, firstly, what are the degrees on offer? Mm-hmm. What degrees are undergraduate degrees and what degrees are graduate degrees? And what are the requirements um, at, a, at each one of those universities. So if I'm, you know, if I'm a Perth-based person, I can have a look at what does Curtin offer. But then I might go, well, actually, I'm not likely to get into Curtin. So where else could I apply? And what are the implications of that? Would I have to move to AMU? Um, you know, what 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 does that all mean? But you know, as I said, if you start trying to navigate that information on a case by case basis. Um, you basically uh, want to give up and, and just kill yourself because <laughs> you don't, two minutes in and it's just this information on the university websites is very, very difficult to um, understand. But more, more to the point, quite understandably, each university is only going to talk about their degrees. So what, I'm going to go on to Curtin, I'm going to look at U, U New South Wales, I'm going to go to UTAS and uh, by the end, you just as I said um, you you really want to give up and just basically die. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, five minutes into the into this journey. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, mind-boggling is the word that comes to mind for me, having also looked at different sites. And part of that is, of course, around the fact that everyone represents their information in different ways. So, you know, but that's that's what I love about what you've created because it's a consistent format. Uh, the same pieces of information are being um, represented across the board. So it makes it so easy for people to compare and in a very calm and sane way, find that way and make the decision. Uh, and one of the other things I really love about it is I think that the whole experience of looking at different medical education offers around the country is really useful for young people and their families or, or people who've had a previous career even. Um, because, you know, in medicine, of course, people are required to move around the country while they do their training, you know, and that's something that I think a lot of people in the secondary school level or even if they have no connection with medicine previously may not know. And often it's doctors that they realise once they've finished their medical degree and then they've, they've done their first year, postgraduate year one, and then they start realising that to get the right jobs that are the right jobs that are right for them and right for the specialty field that they want to go into, they might need to move into state. So having that awareness of the fact that having a career in medicine from the get-go and really from university time all the way through will will very much potentially be a really um, a career that requires someone to move around a lot. Um, throughout the course of their lives. And actually, I have a client who's um, currently working in Darwin. He's uh, PGY5 and he's applying for ophthalmology training next year. And we met when he was a final year medical student. So it's great to be working with him. And, you know, when we met in Sydney, I don't think he imagined that he'd be working in Darwin. And he said it's actually the best registered after Sydney Eye. It's um it's a fantastic um, registrar position to hold uh, the the post in Darwin. So look, you know, and and that's what your website does. It really opens it up to people to say think outside your immediate area and look at the benefits that you're going to gain from that. Most definitely, and I think the other the other thing that it 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 uh, brings to the fore is. As you said before, the process across all of the universities is effectively the same. Mm -hmm. um, the things that are changing is that universities are increasingly putting less information on their websites. The websites are becoming more marketing tools. So come to our university, come and do this degree, mm -hmm. as opposed to information which helps you work out, should I go there or should I go somewhere else? Yeah. Uh, but I, when you get into it, you realise basically all of the processes are, are essentially the same. Mm. And the issue is how do you compare one with another so that you give yourself the best chance of being accepted? So if I go to this degree, maybe there's a higher weighting on um, one aspect, the interview or whatever, I'm going to be better at interviews, or maybe, um, you know, I, I haven't done chemistry what degrees could I apply for where I haven't done chemistry and really not being um, at the mercy of the information, being empowered with the information to be able to go, right, now I've got a bit of an overview of everything 
um, I'm really going to target these types of universities. And as you said, if that means that I have to move, uh, because and I understand that you know medicine is very much a career that embodies lifelong learning, you you as opposed to other careers where you may go right, I just get my degree and then I'm you know I'm I'm set in medicine. You have to continue to keep on learning, keep on being updated and refreshed. So getting a bit of a sense of, okay, well, what, where are the best degrees? And if I have to start thinking about moving now as an undergrad or even as a, you know, my, my a graduate degree, yeah, having that appreciation up front is, is as you said, a, a really good uh, place to, um, to start. Mm. And, of course, the subsequent degrees are often undertaken online. Um, but, yes, they, they may also be undertaken in person in that location. So, yeah, lots of offers. But I, I really agree with what you said about, and I think it's happening a lot of across a lot of sectors, that the websites are more about sort of advertising to entice people in. So finding the information is a challenge. Um, so thanks for that, Jennifer. And, look, this journey's clearly led you to becoming an expert in the Australian medical education landscape, and I believe you were one before, even before starting this. Um, and as every sector's seeing change, and often quite rapidly, what are the main changes we, you've observed in the past five years in medical education here? Yeah, there's, there's been a number of changes. So I think the first one is definitely the changes, as I said before, about the information on university websites. Um, I currently work in a university, so I, I know as, as you know, so studying medicine is my, is my personal passion. Uh, mm. I certainly know from the inside uh, about what universities are doing with their websites, how they're trying to manage their websites, and definitely there's less information, more marketing. The other thing that's changing is that people are often, you know, I speak, you know, you and I went to the Career Advisors Association New South Wales uh, mm -hmm. conference. We co-presented a number of years ago and I keep on doing that. So I give um, updated uh, presentations about the stats and what's going on in, in, um, in medicine degrees. Yeah. And the thing that's happened over the past four or five years, um, the number of places on offer just conti continues to go up, but not radically. So, for example, the number of places on uh, made available, additional places made available in the last twelve months is four, a four percent increase. Um, so that so the things that are changing, yes, you're getting a few extra places. Four percent is okay, but not fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that's changing is the ratio over the past few years. The ratio of undergrad to postgraduate medicine degrees has gone down. So it's gone down from, I think the numbers are about, it was about 46-odd percent before in, say, 2019, undergraduate medicine places. It's now gone down to 42%. So that's quite a, that's quite a big change. Mm -hmm. And it really does, again, change the dynamic. If you're an undergrad wanting to get into medicine, sort of understanding what that dynamic is, is really important. And the third thing that's really changed is the, increasing emphasis of the federal government on rural placements that's been a radical change yeah. so the number of places hasn't changed but the emphasis on rural medicine all the universities have put in medicine programs related to rural um, rural placements and all that sort of stuff so that has a big bearing uh, and uh, you know it's really quite a big change that's happened over the last few years mm. 
And, you know, the workforce, the study and the workforce issue is the one that everyone's still trying to resolve somehow. And in a way, I can understand if the positions are reducing, well, overall, if they were reducing, um, but but it sounds like overall they're not necessarily, there's just more positions being offered to postgraduate applicants, is there? Yeah, so overall the numbers have gone, as yeah. a, the number of places have gone up by four odd percent, yeah. but the number yeah. of um, undergraduate places has gone down. So mm -hmm. now it's around about 58% of places in uh, 2023 were graduate places. Mm -hmm. and, and the real implication of that is that uh, in, in thinking about graduate medicine programs, obviously you've got the under, got undergraduate medicine programs and, you, you know, you have to get the ATAR and do the undergraduate, the right subjects and all those sorts of things. But the most, most critical thing about graduate medicine is that there's effectively two types of undergraduate place, places that you need to have done, undergraduate degrees you need to have done in order to apply for graduate medicine. And those mm -hmm. two, um, they're on a spectrum. So some universities are very prescriptive about the types of undergraduate degrees you need in order to apply for graduate medicine. And the best example of that is Monash. So Monash have only got very specific degrees that you have had to have done from Monash University in order to be accepted into graduate medicine at Monash. Right. Whereas University of Sydney, for example, are at the other end of that spectrum, which is we really don't care. We're not pres prescriptive about the undergraduate degree that you've done, provided you've got, you know, the, the wherewithal, you can apply for Sydney medicine, graduate medicine at Sydney, mm -hmm. and we'll accept all comers within the, these broad parameters. Mm -hmm. So again, for students and for parents, it's really important to understand, firstly, that there's two types of medicine degrees. There's undergraduate medicine degrees and there's graduate medicine degrees. Um, then to understand, well, of the 20 university programs, which universities offer undergraduate programs and which universities offer graduate programs. And then, given that the, the, rough, um, the rough number to be accepted into medicine is around about 5%, 5%. So you've got a really high likelihood of not getting into medicine. Mm -hmm. So thinking about that, um, you actually have to have, if you don't get into undergraduate medicine, you have to have a plan B to get yeah. into graduate medicine. And therefore, you really have to understand that landscape of undergraduate degree requirements for graduate medicine in order to put yourself in the best place. And the final part of all of that is given that those numbers have changed now, you know, 58% of places are graduate places, really understanding what that undergraduate landscape is so that you can then apply for graduate medicine is a really critical, uh, really critical requirement these days. Mm. Well, I'm quite shocked at, by that 5% figure. I didn't realise it was so hard. Um, and, you know, I, I really like having a fairly, you know, in-depth conversation about looking at, you know, the likelihood of success and having a plan B um, because this is something I talk to medical students about too in terms of, and anyone thinking about a career in medicine, don't stop there. 
have a look at the specialty area that you want to get into in the future and look at what are the realistic chances of getting onto that training program and then what are the what are the realistic chances of getting enough work when you come out with a fellowship because there is an exit block um, at, for a few specialties that means that, you know, the higher up you go essentially in medicine, it doesn't necessarily, the funnel doesn't go out that way, it can go this way. That makes it even harder. That means that there are few job opportunities as well. So I really encourage people to, again, like you do, look at the information. What are the numbers? How many people are they accepting onto training each year? Um, someone I've worked with in the past, I asked her recently, did she get on to dermatology this year? Uh, and she said, no, they had two places in Western Australia for the year. Um, but hopefully next year there'll be more, you know. And so it's all about do the research, find the information. That's why I've, that's why I've asked you here because you've, your site holds that information in a way that's really um, digestible for people. So thanks for all that information, Jennifer. And now, um, can you, I mean, I suppose you already have talked, you know, can you further talk us through some of the other key issues and challenges that you see for people looking to enter medical studies in the next two years? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the benefit, given that I work at a university, the, the benefit of, of, of being at a university is to see what's happening now with the way universities are structuring their, uh, their programs. I think overall, the federal government in particular has been very conscious of the experience that university students have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I did my undergrad and postgrad degrees centuries ago. Um, and so the, uh, the experience for students now is very different. Mm. Uh, my daughter went through university through COVID. So she, um, she did her degree sort of through COVID. And, and uh, I think, you know, the cat basically was just as well uh, educated as my daughter because she's, the cat sat with my daughter through most of her degree online in her bedroom. Um, so I think now the federal government is very conscious of the university experience. Certainly where I work, there's a lot of push for students to come back on campus just to have that sort of campus experience. Um, lots of concern, particularly for international students, about their connectedness, how well supported they are by their peers. Um, so they're, they're not isolated. Uh, university degrees are, are challenging anyway without, you know, without um, having a peer group around you, best friends and whatever, is, it makes it even harder. So certainly that's one of the big things that's that's happening. You know what's happening for students as they're in their careers and in their you know in their study and their degrees. That's certainly one of the things that's being pushed very much in universities to in, to better um, support students in their in their um, in their studies. Mm -hmm. The other the positive stuff that are, that's happening. So my my current work in in the university is very much about online degrees, postgraduate degrees, um, professional education and all of those sorts of things. Um, so I see the next five years as being really fabulous in terms of the evolution of technology, simulations, um, you know, that gamification, all of that, all of that bodes very well for how, 
how can technology be used to improve the way degrees are taught so I think like everything there's there's positives and negatives the 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 challenges are how to be connected with your peers how do you be support how can you be better supported in how you do your studies um the the you know the opportunity now is that degrees are being very very well um articulated and and use of technology to make the, the learning process even more engaging and, and I know, I think the final thing is certainly from a university uh, perspective across Australia, you know, the degrees themselves are really high calibre. There's a, a lot of, um, there's standards around the way degrees are assessed. Um, you know, so the quality of the education across the entire Australian system is, is absolutely first rate. So the good thing is that students coming out with those degrees are very, very well trained. They're very, the the um, learning objectives of the degrees are first rate. So at least people should know coming through with an Australian university degree means that they're very well trained and, and they're um, top of their field when, when it comes to medical education. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, that's very positive to hear, Jennifer, and there's certainly been a lot of challenges for people uh, in the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a complex environment, medicine, once before you enter it, once you're studying and, and then when you come out the other side as well. So thanks very much for the work that you've done to uh, provide this resource for people. And um, would you like to share any personal goals or exciting new projects that you have on the horizon or study medicine? What's next for study medicine? Yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of study medicine. It, it started, as I said, with the idea of how do you get information, how do you put it together in an engaging sort of way, and uh, it's, it's certainly been successful. And from that point of view, proven the the idea that there is demand, there is a need for people to have information, but information that's provided in a really accessible and and, and easy to understand sort of way. So. You know, tick the box. Yes, was was has study medicine met a need? Yes. Um, the the challenge for study medicine in future is that I, I think it's increasingly helpful for parents. I think I, I think particularly for undergraduate students. You know, they're so bombarded. They're going through year eleven in year twelve. They've got they've got a lot on their plate. Mm. And and the challenge then is how can parents help them without sort of being pushy parents. How can they add value, but not in a in a in a in a real said in a pushy sort of way? Uh, so for me, I think the future of study medicine is increasingly providing information to parents as well as to students, but particularly for parents and for stu- and for schools to augment students' understanding and and help them make those choices of you know which which degrees do I put on my on my list, who, where, where could I potentially go? And so the challenge for me in studying medicine is to increasingly reach out to parent groups, find people who might be interested in this information and just, you know, make the information more readily available. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I think it will go. The, the other challenge is, is keeping up to speed with the university degrees right. they do change and you know every day I'm updating the website because 
each university of the you know twenty six odd universities and twenty odd university programs, each one of those universities is is continually updating their degrees. They'll be doing what they call teach outs. So they'll say we're not continuing with this degree. We're going to put this degree in. Keeping the information updated and fresh is quite a challenge mm. um, because, you, you know, with any website, you're not quite sure what's been updated because it's not as if they say, you know, we've updated this information. So keeping up to speed and keeping up to date with as how those degrees are evolving and ensuring that information is up, updated and, and fresh is, um, is a continual challenge. But, you know, that said, that's how you, you know, how you keep up to speed with a, you know, a really dynamic um, industry. And so mm-hmm. um, that's that's the future for study medicine, increasingly finding information, providing that information to specific cohorts and ensuring that information is continually updated. Mm. Well, you've done a wonderful job. And, and again, I think it's really reflective of the situation later on down the track in a medical career because the specialty training program requirements can change from year on, year to year. Um, so it's a it's a good experience for people to become familiar with and knowing where to look for the right information. Um, and so, Jennifer, how can listeners know more about you or and you know access study medicine or get in touch with you? Um, and that, in, of course, includes the parents that you refer to. And I'm sure there'll be a number of parents listening to this. Yeah, well, the easiest way to, to contact me is through the website. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a contact uh, contact page on the on the website. Uh, if people are interested in getting study medicine inf- information, study medicine information is is uh, made available on a subscription basis. There's some general resources on the website. So if you go onto the website and go to top ribbon, um, click on the various resources. There's a, a immediately available resources. And then there's two different levels of subscription. The first level of subscription is just to the um, information, the visual information on each one of the degrees or each one of the universities and the degrees that each one of those universities provides. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great for particularly for students. They don't want to be bombarded with information. So, you know, here are the here are the visual pathways, the visual descriptors. Oh, I didn't realise that there's X numbers of degrees at Monash that go to medicine, whatever. Um, the more detailed information is the uh, detail plus summary information. And that's um, information that talks in a very, I think, in a very um, uh, um, accessible way. Curtin University, Curtin University has these types of degrees. These are the particular headlines of things that you need to re- recognise about Curtin University. And then there's a table that, that in, for each university that describes each one of the degrees that they offer and the specific details about what those degrees entail, what the ATAR requirements might be, what the prerequisite subjects might be, how many places are offered, um, how they define their criteria for acceptance, um, you know, what type of, for example, what type of interview is offered, what the criteria is to get an interview, because there's usually a two-stage process. So often first criteria is what do I need to get an interview? And then the second criteria is what's then the final offer based, the offer, what's it finally based on? So what combination of academic, psychometric and interview um, skills might that university be looking for. 
Uh, and then, uh, and then of course, then there's the comparison, sort of the flip chart comparison of all the visuals for all the degrees. So in that flip chart, I might be looking at, for example, Curtin University and understanding the degrees that they offer. And then I've got the flip charts for all of the other universities and I can then compare Curtin with ANU or compare Curtin with Bond or compare Curtin with um, U New South Wales and look at the differences between what it is to get into Curtin versus what is U New South Wales looking for. Um, so that's in the more detailed subscription program. So mm -hmm. the way uh, people can uh, access the information is, as I said, on a subscription basis. Uh, and um, uh, and as said, otherwise, uh, feel free to contact me through the contact uh, page on the screen. Great. And it's studymedicine.com.au. Great. Well, thanks again, Jennifer. Wonderful to have you as a guest. And I'm sure you'll continue to help so many people find their way through this challenging process. Well, thanks, Anita. I've I've enjoyed the conversation, and uh, yeah, thanks very much for the uh, for the uh, for the discussion. It's a pleasure. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Standout Medical Careers. If you like the episode or think it will be useful to someone else, please leave a review at podchaser.com. And if you've got any questions, let me know on LinkedIn at Standout Medical Careers. And remember, the better you articulate your story, the more you will stand out. Music